Hello, everyone. I've got Eva Yazari. She's the co-founder and CEO of Beyond Capital with us today. She is the, uh, uh, the founder of this nonprofit impact investing firm that's making a difference in the lives of millions of people around the globe. You don't want to make, you don't want to miss this episode. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another change maker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Eva, welcome to the show. Thank you, Devin. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you and excited to learn more about what you're doing at Beyond Capital. So tell us a little bit about Beyond Capital. Tell us what it is. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you the story of how I founded Beyond Capital. Uh, in 2009, I left Wall Street. I was working in the hedge fund business and had worked in private equity and investment banking. And I had an inkling that I wanted a little bit more from a social perspective. And um, actually, my husband, who's my co-founder, although not operational at Beyond Capital, uh, and I really looked at each other and we said, why wait to give away our capital? So Beyond Capital was actually born as a family philanthropy. However, about two years in, we realized that there was a tremendous appetite from our networks to focus their own philanthropy on what we were doing, which is uh, still today, nine years later, to invest in companies that are improving the lives of people living under the poverty line. And we're very strategically set up as a nonprofit uh, so that we can provide pro bono resources, other mentoring, financial modeling assistance to companies that are in their seed stages, which is our niche. So we're really focused on companies that are in their early stages in India and East Africa and in markets where they don't have access to high quality resources to make their companies better. And so all in, uh, we're improving the lives of uh, 2.3 million people through providing them with critical goods and services. That's, uh, that's great. Now, uh, you recently had an exit. You told me in advance that you had achieved, I think, a 26% IRR or something like that. Uh, tell us about that deal. Yes, that's correct. So I think the myth about impact investing is that you cannot achieve a return even when doing very kind of early stage venture style deals like we do at Beyond Capital. So the company uh, was called ERC Eye Care. We invested in them about four years ago. They are located in a very remote part of India, out um, mostly kind of in the upper uh, northeastern part of the country in the Himalayas. And it was founded by a doctor. And he really saw a need in his local community to provide basic eye care diagnosis, treatment, um, pro providing glasses, and also cataract surgeries. And so he built two hub hospitals and had a kind of hub and spoke model. So around the, the hub hospitals where the cataract surgeries took place, there were a number of units where people in local villages could go and they could simply get glasses or if they needed a referral, referral and they needed surgeries, they could go on to get surgeries in the hospitals. And this model became profitable very quickly. The surgeries are actually what are most profitable, but people were still paying roughly $20 for their cataract surgery. So it was affordable for people who were living under the poverty line. And the vast majority of this, this company's customers were earning less than $4 a day. And when we exited, 
because we are a seed investor, we sold our stake into the Series A. And so we were able to double our money by improving 150,000 lives and making sure that those lives had access to eye care. And actually, um, there have been a number of studies about how eye care is one of the easier barriers to alleviating poverty that, that we can fix simply because it's just a very simple process of getting somebody the right correction for their vision. Well, it's fascinating that you're able to make that uh, nice return on that transaction. It does prove the model, doesn't it? Uh, how are the other, I think you have seven other investments in the portfolio right now. How are they doing? So they're all doing very well. Um, I mean, in terms of, we actually have a book value IRR of about 30%. Per, 30%. Um, and so that's even getting, getting above two times our money. And that is based on companies having raised subsequent funding rounds. Um, one of the measures of the success of our investments on paper is really how much capital we're able to mobilize for, for them. We look, even though we're a nonprofit, we look like a venture fund. We're really funding the seed stages of companies. And so the follow-on rounds of our entire portfolio have produced 62 times the amount of money that we put into the companies originally. And for us, that's a big success factor. But maybe to give you a couple other examples, um, a company in our portfolio is called Frontier Markets. They distribute solar lanterns and solar products in Rajasthan. Um, they do about 30,000 products per quarter and they, uh, for, on a quarterly basis, have about $100,000 in revenue, which is good for a growing company and a social enterprise that is trying to uh, su survive and be sustainable while serving a poor population. So overall, um, they're, they're all growing and scaling. We don't necessarily believe that a company needs to reach millions on year two or three. We think that proving out a model from the unit economics perspective is more important, and then they can grow and scale regionally or even geographically from country to country. What are some of the other key lessons that you've learned from having your investments the way you've done them? What are some of the keys to identifying a, a profitable venture? Yeah, so number one, we're investing in people. Um, I think everything we do is about relationships. And so that, that wouldn't change when you're investing. And that's something that I took away from my Wall Street experience. Um, number two, we're really looking for simpler solutions to complex problems and not the other way around. So another example is a company in Rwanda that we funded that provides women's health products through a tech platform. And using tech, as we all know now in, in the current economy, is a, an excellent way to simplify solutions and but also allow accessibility which is a very important piece to us. Um, we also are very strict on having an impact first lens uh, to the companies that we invest in. And so every company must be meeting that criteria. And then our process looks very much so like any other venture fund. So we look at the market, we look at the metrics that the company is providing and that they're, they're gathering. We're very um, motivated to invest in data-driven entrepreneurs. We, we also talk to them a lot about their mission because there is this issue of mission creep later on uh, when other investors, perhaps larger corporates, get involved. And so we want to make sure that the management team and the company has inculcated their mission into their business model. Um, and, 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 and then um, we really think about just kind of 
you know, what does this look like again from a unit economics perspective? So does this make sense? At the very basic level, how can they grow and scale? I think really though, um, the key learning for us has been towards the end of the deal process where we are putting together the term sheet, whether we're leading or we're involved in the process of putting the structure in place. And in, in that situation, that's kind of where a lot of things can go wrong, speaking very honestly. And we found that entrepreneurs sometimes are not necessarily as, as advised as they should be, or maybe they're, maybe they're taking the wrong advice. And so it's something that we, again, coming back to people, my original point, we really try to think about, well, who's advising this company, who's around this company, and how can we view holistically the company's success and growth over time? Well, it is uh, exciting to see what you're doing. I, I think you said uh, in advance, you told me the portfolio is worth about $1.8 million now. Is that a good estimate? Yes, so we've raised $1.8 million and we're in the process of deploying some of that as well. Um, but we do have these, these eight investments um, or seven investments and we've exited one of them. So we've executed on eight investments. How do you manage all of these far-flung assets from Dallas? Yes, so um, our model is really set up in addition to fund the capital gap to also enable small investments. So our average deal size right now is about Um, $75,000. That means that we need to have a very low to no cost due diligence. And we fundamentally believe that our work plays a critical part of the ecosystem of the impact investing space, because without companies being seeded, there is not enough deal flow for larger growth funders. And our, our ethos is really to employ a very rigorous process so that the companies have already gone through due diligence that would be even akin to a Series A or Series B funder and are ready for that stage of investment. Um, but we have a number of different ways that we bring in pro bono resources. Our entire leadership team, including myself, is actually pro bono. Um, and our, the value of our time is about $550,000. Uh, we also um, use other kind of law firms, et cetera. And we have people on the ground. So we have an investment associate who is full-time and she's paid uh, on the ground in Nairobi. We have a board member in Bangalore and um, we're also augmenting and kind of training an intern as well who's from the East Africa region. So we're very focused on having people on the ground and our leadership team is highly motivated to do this, this work. And they, for instance, my chief investment officer and director of due diligence just came back from East Africa this, this weekend. And so we're really focused and we know how important that is. But lastly, again, it all comes down to investing in people. I could show you my phone right now and my WhatsApp, and on my WhatsApp are every single entrepreneur that we're invested in, and we just stay in very close contact. And I, sometimes I just say, how's it going? And they give me the best update and uh, really more information than we would get in the monthly or quarterly reporting. Sure, now, what do you see as the future of Beyond Capital? So we are looking to grow in scale. We're raising a $2 million grant round at the moment. We have about $800,000 of that already committed and we're closing that at the end of October. Uh, that will take us um, to execute on 18 investments, both across India and East Africa. And so we've 
we've spent the last nine years building our sources, refining our process and bringing in stakeholders to our work. Um, again, in the beginning, it was family philanthropy. And then kind of two years in, we realized that there was massive need for and desire to get involved. And so our goal is really to grow and scale. But in 2024, we will become financially sustainable. Um, and so we, that's a goal of ours. It's always been a goal of ours. And we have it kind of modeled out even at a very conservative IRR in our portfolio so that we can continue to reinvest the profits that we get back from the companies. It strikes me that there, the nonprofit structure you've used is uh, vitally important to the success and progress you're making. Um, how do you think about it? It is vitally important for us. The structure is vitally important for us to be able to fund in the early stage. I, I do believe, um, I would, I do believe that there need to be a subsidy somewhere. Um, and in that case, it's the value of the time and the pro bono and actually my personal contribution to the operational expenditure to get this off of the ground. It's no different than sweat equity and, you know, the equity, the, the time that and the, and the grit that entrepreneurs put into startups. Um, but it is integral in us being able to fund social enterprises at the $100,000 level, because if you think about a fund of our size, the economics don't work when you're, when you're taking a two and 20. And, right. and for, we, are, we are also very um, concerned about the early stage funding. On the other side of the coin, it, it allows for a democratized access to impact investing. I believe that our industry hasn't branched out enough and your average person who actually does have a philanthropic and possibly even an angel investing budget does not really think that they can be an impact investor too. But through the, the nonprofit model, we're really able to allow for a, either a finger on the pulse of impact investing for an individual or a toe dip for a family office. And those family offices um, in the ideal scenario would also co-invest and have access to the deal flow. Do you use something akin to a donor advised fund or does money come from donor advised funds? Do people that donate have any influence over the investments you make? How does that all work? So we're just breaking into the donor advised fund space, um, but our, our donors traditionally have given to a pool of capital that we then deploy. Uh, we are very happy to do carve outs. Uh, we do have a donor who is a Swiss family foundation. They are very, uh, they're more interested in Africa than they are in India. And so we kind of just, you know, try to use their capital for that. Um, but for the time being, we're taking in capital that funds our entire mandate of healthcare, sanitation, energy access, agriculture tools and financial inclusion within India and East Africa. Well, it's, it's brilliant work that you're doing. And Eva, uh, I'm sure people all the time tell you, you look far too young to be so experienced, but you've done some amazing, interesting things. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? You know, I think what I've learned really, there's so many lessons. But I think the number one is simply to have fun and to do what's your passion. 
Um, for me, this is entirely my passion. I feel lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I, I'm, a, I'm a deal person. I love the deal process. And this is the perfect combination of social good and financial markets where I can use the hard-nosed skills, but still wake up in the morning and feel like I have tremendous meaning in my life and that I'm working towards something a little bit higher than myself. Oh, that's great. You know, you could be doing anything, and you you touched on this a little bit before about your desire to have more impact as you left Wall Street. But you know, you could be on Wall Street making who knows what. Uh, why did you choose to do this? Take us deeper into that. Yeah, thank you for asking, because um, it's actually an interesting story. So um, I grew up in a family on both sides with a tremendous uh, focus on service. On my father's side, my grandfather started a hospital in Tanzania in the late 1950s. He moved his entire family over there. There are some great pictures of them driving in an airstream from Johannesburg, from, excuse me, from Cape Town all the way up to Tanzania. And um, the family was there for about a decade, and they even adopted a young baby whose mother died in childbirth um, from the region that they were living in. And, and so I had heard about that, that time of my father's life, of my you know, aunts and uncles and my grandfather's life. And I was really inspired by it. And it almost seeped in on a deeper level than I, I even kind of realized when I started Beyond Capital. Um, and so so years later, that I realized that, that there was kind of a, a social calling that came from uh, both that background and then also a, a few other influences as well. Well, I, I appreciate you sharing that. That's really uh, helpful. Eva, what is your superpower? I work really hard. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I actually like to sit down and, and get, get work done. Um, that's, I, I find that to be uh, really, to be honest, quite fun. Um, but I, I think I'm able to see uh, alignment um, where, there, where there is alignment and see win-wins. And I've been lucky to do some coaching over the past year and, and refine even some of these skills um, and be able to focus on what where I see success and also what, what matters for Beyond Capital and our growth and, very, and be able to stay focused on a strategic plan to help us reach the remaining part of our round. That's fantastic. Well, Eva, I sure appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I know you're busy, but before you go, would you take just a moment and tell us how people can learn more about Beyond Capital and how they can connect with you on social media? Yeah, of course. Uh, if this resonates, you can follow us at Beyond Cap on Instagram. I am also on LinkedIn and our website is www.beyondcapitalfund.org. Thank you Fantastic. so much. It's been a Thank pleasure. Thank you. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time to be with us today and wish you every success in uh, changing the lives of millions of people in Africa and India. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. A Caring Crowd. We believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. 
Thank you for listening. This podcast is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other change maker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com.